Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Tuesday, December 11th, 2018, and you know what that means. It's time to get nerdy, y'all. Welcome to episode number 84 of Two Nerds in the Pod, the nerdiest game podcast in the galaxy. I'm Rom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy, and I've got my comrade in gaming commentary here with me, the miggity 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 Mac, also known as Maction. Mac, what's good, buddy? How are things? Oh, man, things are great, Mr. Nice Guy. Just had a very lovely dinner with some lovely people, and uh, that's why we're starting a little bit late. Dinner, as you know, kind of runs long, and then they want dessert and, you know, all those sorts of things. But it's been a lovely day. I've recently uh, finished off with some very stressful projects that are now done. Good. Which, uh, you know, I mean, that's all I'll go into about that. But I think the thing that we have to talk about uh not not the elephant in the room the the practically the you know the moon outside the comedy special yeah so this was a big week uh it actually came out last week if you guys follow the stream or follow me on twitter or follow my twitch channel you know that i i do stand up um and i and you know it's funny i say that and why would you be listening to this if you don't follow it so um, but anyway, bottom line is I recorded a comedy special back in April and it came out last week on the 7th. Uh, and so, you know, since then it's been getting views. There's a couple clips up on YouTube. Uh, and it's just a really, really cool thing. Like it's, it validates the past nine years, uh, almost 10 years that I've been doing stand up comedy. Uh, and yeah, it's called the first option. If you're listening and you're looking for it, you can find it on drybarcomedy.com slash lom g just look for the one with the picture of me uh and you'll find it it's called the first option but mac you were there at the live recording i'm really pleased with how it translated from the live recording to um to digital because sometimes comedy you know it is so much better live sometimes it doesn't really translate over this one really really went smoothly i thought so yeah no it looked great when i watched it as a matter of fact i have one of your rabid fans here with me as well oh no way i didn't know hey, i had Mom. rabid fans hey mrs the mac how are you my friend now. i'm getting there i'm getting there what's that she said, congratulations. Thank you so much, Mrs. The Mac. my voice up? No, no, your voice is there. It's just, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's just like you were talking when he was talking. I laughed really loudly. I appreciate All that your so jokes. much. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame she wasn't there. Every, uh, every type of, you know, every, uh, you know, a live stand-up thing really needs that cackler. You know, I'm very good at cackling. You are. And, and so, so next time I we'll, do it, you'll get a front row seat. Excellent. Yep. She'll appreciate that front row seat next time you do it. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. See, the Max. And there's you. that cackle. Yeah, Mrs. It's... The Max distinctive cackle. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, Mac and I go way back. Mrs. The Mac and I are also good friends in the sense that we took some college courses together. Um, and at one point, you know, my wife and I and Mrs. The Mac and Mac lived in the same area. So we know each other from back in the day. They're some of our best friends. Thanks for watching the special. I'm glad you guys watched it even after the fact, Mac. Oh yeah, of course. It was, it was fun to see what they did with, what they did with it. And, you know, I've got this question that's been bugging me since it was the background the same when you did it live as what was on the video. Did they mod the bat modify the background and no, post? no, I can only imagine that that would be almost impossible unless there yeah. was a green screen. But no, it was the same background as when I did it live. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I just don't remember it being that background. I guess I was just too starstruck with you to have <laughs> seen the stars in the background. No, you know, it's funny because the production quality, like they, they took everything into um, consideration. Like I remember after the first show, um, the production assistant, I believe was her title, came up to me and said, hey, you did a great job. During the first show, you put the mic stand behind you. I marked the spot where you put the mic stand with an X with tape so that when we do the second show, make sure you put the mic stand in the exact same spot so that we can edit the shows together if needed and there's and it's consistent. So, I mean, they took everything into consideration. They treated us really, really well. Um, if you guys have not heard of Dry Bar Comedy, I strongly suggest that you look them up on Facebook. They have almost 4 million followers. Uh, and they have a YouTube presence as well. So they're really killing it in the clean comedy game. And I'm really grateful that they let me use their platform to, to record my special. So you can check that out. Uh, Mac, anything else interesting you want to share with the people, my dude? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think that's about it. Um, no, that's although... cool. I was just trying to see if you could top the comedy special, to be honest. Oh, no. Nothing can top the comedy special. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Although uh, I will say that now that I've gotten some stuff off of my plate, gotten, listen to me. Ah. Um, but now that I've, as Mr. Nice Guy said in a text to me recently, how on earth did I ever make it through university with spelling that bad? But um, but that was a text out of love. Mac is my good friend. Oh, it was yeah. just a joke. It was just a joke. <laughs> but but that being said, um, uh, now that I don't have you know certain things on my plate anymore, I'm going to be doing some more streaming. Oh personally. yes, I'm excited so, to see it. What are you gonna? Be, do you have plans, or do you not want to share those with the people uh, yet? No, no, I've got some plans. So, like, for example, I'm going to spend a little bit more time playing some Chasm. Now that I have a couple other people that are interested in speedrunning it, it'll be fun to have some healthy competition, like I was saying last week. Nice. Um, but also, there it is approaching the holidays, obviously, and uh, I'm going to need to make some gifts. So I'll be doing some nice, uh, some large-scale perlers, I think. Dude, so. Awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But that's that's it. That cannot possibly top, top the comedy special, though. Comedy special is primo content. Yeah, so on that note, I say we do what we do best, Mac, and we hop right into the gaming news, my friend. Absolutely. Let's do this. Let's do it. So I'm trying to figure out what I want to talk about first, but once again, for those of you who may just be joining us live, this is twitch.tv backslash two nerds in a pod, nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy, episode number 84. We're 84% of the way to 100 episodes, Mac. Uh, so anyway, you know, let's start it off with something big. Let's start it off talking about the Game Awards. Um, they happened last week. There's a lot of really, really good games that were nominated and a lot of good winners. Mac, I'm going to run through the winners, uh, and we'll just we'll talk about them. Now, the game of the year, here's what the nominees were. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, we talked about it last week, and I think you said you wanted Celeste to win, right? Mm -hmm. And I yes. said that I thought Red Dead Redemption would win, Red Dead Redemption mm -hmm. 2. And we were both wrong. We were both incorrect. Who won it, Mac? Do you remember? Uh, God of War won it. Now, yeah. allow me to just say that I feel a certain way about this. Yeah. After all, God of War's not my type of game, personally, right. and it's not even on a platform that I own, How? because it's not on 
computer, right? You're a PC you can't guy. get. No, you cannot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think so, but thank you for fact checking me. Um, that being said, though, it does feature the voice talents of the amazing, incredible Christopher Judge, who I uh, know lovingly from the Stargate SG One franchise. And uh, so I can, even though it, it beat out what I wanted and it beat out what you expected for our uh, for games of the year, I have to admit that I'm relatively thrilled that a, a game where the main protagonist is voiced by an actor who I quite love, um, you know, it, it's hard not to feel still good about that. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's always interesting to me that the game of the year, and we'll probably talk about game of the year stuff for a while. I might cut out some of the other news stories that game of the year could be a game that is a console exclusive because it really prevents so many people from playing it. You know, the only people who could play this are people who own PlayStation. Now, granted, PlayStation has sold very, very well. Um, but I mean, the people who only own an Xbox or only own a switch or only own a PC don't get to enjoy this. Whereas, and whereas with you know Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, and Assassin's Creed, and even Celeste to an extent, because I believe it's on PC, it is, yeah. Um, those could be played on multi multiple consoles. So many more people were probably able to play them. Uh, it just goes to show that God of War must have been a phenomenal game. I have a buddy who owns a copy. He just picked it up Black Friday. I told him, once you're done with that bad boy, send it my way, because I got to play it. Apparently, it's amazing. So that one game of the year, congrats to them in Sony Santa Monica. Uh, best ongoing game meaning game that has continuous content being added, uh, went to Fortnite. And, you know, that surprised me not at all because Fortnite is a phenomena. Uh, as a huge Overwatch fan, I would have liked to have seen them win it, but I'm, I'm glad Fortnite uh, came out on top there. Mac, you have a PC. Fortnite is free. Are you going to give it a shot, or are you still pretty much against it because of the type of Not even a little bit. Not I'm against bit. it as you newfangled, you children and your newfangled gadgets. I'm not, I mean, <laughs> give me retro or give me dad. We could do, we could do Fortnite Friday because it's cross-play, cross-platform. Um, especially if you're starting streaming more, I feel like we should, well, let's talk about that off-stream. Uh, best game direction went to God of War. Best narrative went to Red Dead Redemption 2. Best art direction went to a game I admit I have not played or even know much about, Return of Oberdin. Uh, best score slash music went to Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, I would have thought Celeste would have won this, Mac. You've played Celeste. I thought the music was phenomenal, right? I think that the that the music was great in Celeste. I think most importantly, the music did a brilliant job of underscoring uh, not only the tones, but uh, the tones of like the specific levels, but the overall theme. Um, there's even at least one song uh, in Celeste. Do you remember? It's the one where you're kind of like in the minus world, if you will. Yep. And uh, and and there is actually it's the same theme, but the themes played backwards. And there is a voice that's also being played backwards, but it's a, a woman's voice talking about, uh, you know, anxiety and things like that. It's basically this whisper track played backwards and very slowly. Yeah. It's There are some really cool things that they did with the music that underscore and, and kind of, you know, make everything get really, you know, makes it really cohesive, yeah, I, I felt yeah. like. I agree. It's very immersive in that regard. Now... Here's what I'll say about Celeste, and let's talk about that game for a minute, because it's a game that we both played and we both loved. Um, it won Games for Impact. It also won Best Independent Game. So, in other words, Best Indie Game. So, um, and you know, it's interesting because it beat out some really good games The Messenger, Dead Cells, Into the Breach, etc. 
Um, Mac, what do you think about Celeste winning games for Impact? Because there was definitely an underlying message in that game. What what were your, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I thought it was quite great myself. I felt like, um, well, I do feel like there are sometimes where there are games that do a that do a really good treatment of sometimes a difficult topic to approach. And for those of you who haven't played Celeste, I, I'm struggling with grabbing the words because I feel like it's more impactful when you play the game yourself and you watch the story unfold. So if yeah, um, so if you haven't played it, turn turn the volume down for five minutes or so. Yes. Yeah, so basically, it's hard to uh, to sometimes. Um, you know, grapple with the ideas of anxiety and depression and trying to accomplish something while so many things are working against you, including quite in the game's case, quite literally yourself um, is working against you to accomplishing this goal. And that's how it feels very often for people. And uh, it, even though the messenger is great, I mean, you know, it brings that thing, even though Dead Cells is fun, none of them tried to uh, really drill down and deal with something serious and something that's, that a lot of people feel like they have to go it alone, you know? Um, so I, I'm quite thrilled that it got an award for, you know, impact is how they phrased it yeah, uh, yeah. because yeah of all these different indie games of all these different things of all the games there i mean god of war maybe it's a maybe it's got some themes about fatherhood and whatever but i feel like celeste did a really good job of of presenting you know of presenting um, a literal metaphor if that makes sense yeah and it, it literal in the because you're climbing a mountain in the game um mm-hmm. And, and the it's whole... the classic example of right. what an insurmountable goal is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think you summed that up well. I don't think I could say it any better, so I won't try. Um, a couple other awards. Best action game did go to Dead Cells. That's a game that I'm currently working on. Very fun, very frustrating, Mac. Mm-hmm, uh, you've mm-hmm. played it, right? Yes, indeed. I've put quite a few hours into it, and I still have not beaten the game. Um, without any cells active, I haven't. I haven't defeated the hand of the king, not even once yet. See, and I've I've beaten like the first boss, <laughs> and I mean it's a it's a frustrating game. You know, it's fun, but it's frustrating. The whole premise of oh, you lose, and you have unlocked some permanent upgrades, but you're going back to the beginning. That's it's crazy, but I mean it is a fun game. Uh, we'll see how much more time I put into it. Uh, best adventure action game, God of War. Best role-playing game, Monster Hunter World, also a fantastic game that I think was very, very well-deserving in being nominated for Game of the Year, but didn't have a chance just because it was a great year for games. Um, best family game, Overcooked 2. Best strategy game, Into the Breach. Best sports and racing game, Forza 4. Or excuse me, Forza Horizon 4. And best multiplayer game, Fortnite. Surprise, surprise. Debut indie game, The Messenger. I enjoyed The Messenger, but I feel like the internet ruined it for me. I think I talked about this last week on stream. Uh, you know, esports was uh, was Overwatch, and then Ninja was Content Creator of the Year. Now, Mac, I want us to take you know just like maybe three minutes and talk about um, Game of the Year because I have some strong opinions on how it's done. Here's my issue: 
this is one of the best years of games we've had in a while. We have Red Dead Redemption 2. That's a game that takes many years to make. Monster Hunter World finally really getting the recognition that it deserves in the West. Indie games making an impact in Celeste. God of War, you know, a Sony exclusive one. But guess what other game came out this year that was not even nominated just due to timing? Super Smash Brothers. So what what are your thoughts on you know game awards for 2018 being done in January of 2019? Do you think that's a crazy thought? Well, so hmm. Now I know we've talked about this a bit uh, in times past, but I believe we have seen people claim game of the year. Haven't we seen people claim game of the year like upon physical release? Yes, but that was not based on um, on actually winning it. That was just based on them saying, hey, this was a really good game, and they just mm-hmm. slapped the Game of the Year sticker on there. I mean, I believe, and someone correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, I believe that Dead Island, um, which is a zombie game for 360 and PS4, uh, PS3, claimed Game of the Year edition, and that was not even... Yeah, that's that right. Good it's of a game, game of the Year edition is right. what they is yeah. played, which is... So uh, for my part, yeah, I think that uh, that if you want to make a thing, it's kind of like how cars, you're always, you know, in 2018, you can buy the 2019 model, which is just kind of kind of silly to me. If you're going to do a thing, you should do it in January when you can actually look back at the whole year rather than doing it before the year's over. And I'm sure that there are some publications that do their own game of the year or, you know, best whatever for the year at the end I do know that there are plenty of publications or like this one that just got done with uh, that do it before the year is out I want to say there I want to say that I've heard of at least one publication giving doing their game awards in November now the flip side of it is that I feel like a lot of what people are trying to do with game of the year is they want to do it before the holiday season sets in so that they can hopefully or so that they can potentially have that influence their sales for Christmas. You're you're a hundred percent right. And just so everybody knows, this is gonna be our gaming news for the week. We're not gonna get into the other stories because I feel like this is important enough for the game awards to talk about for this long. So um I agree. Nintendo strategically releases Super Smash Brothers in December so that it will one sell a lot of copies even more so than if it had come out at a different time, right? Because it's a, And here's the other thing. It's a system seller. Like, people will literally buy a Switch so that they can play Super Smash Brothers. Same thing with Mario. Same thing with Zelda. It's one of the few games that exist that will make people buy a new console. It can be bundled with a console, which they're not doing. Um, but, but it also, I mean, it just makes people want to play. So I think Nintendo just kind of said, you know what? We're not going to win Game of the Year, but we're going to make a lot of money, and they did it that way. Uh, I feel like it's a disservice to games that do not come out at the right time that they cannot be nominated for Game of the Year simply because of the timing of the release. And there's no recourse because they cannot later be nominated for the following Game of the Year uh, award. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Let us know what you think in the chat. Uh, Someone said, that's why people think the Game Awards are a joke. Um, I don't know if they're a joke, but I do get get that sentiment that you know the timing of them doesn't really make sense so mac any other comments on the winners or on any of these other games uh any games you haven't played on the list that you're looking forward to jumping into at some point 
Uh, I haven't played almost all of them. Um, I've <laughs> played, uh, I've played um, Celeste and I've played Dead Cells, but I've not played God of War, nor Spider-Man, nor Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, what about um, on the indie side? What about um, The Messenger? Is that something you're, you're wanting to get into? I have not played it. I am, I am eyeing that for the future. I'm looking into it. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, it's it's basically a Ninja Gaiden, um, you know, platformer style game, but with some Metroidvania elements mixed in. Mm-hmm. But they did just announce that they're going to have a free DLC for it next year with a couple extra levels. So I'm kind of excited to dive back into it for that reason. As I've said before, the internet ruined this game for me. <laughs> um, it, it just it frustrates me that it, it was ruined. Let me read these indie games to you because I know you're an indie game guy, and I don't know many of these. Maybe you know about them. Donut County was nominated. Florence. Donut County? What yeah. on earth? That's what, see, I didn't think you'd know, but I thought you might because you know more about indies than me. Uh, Florence, Moss, obviously the messenger's on there, and then Yoku's Island Express. So maybe I'm not as much into indies as I thought because I'm not. Yeah, I guess I must not be either because I don't recognize any of those titles. I only know the two, Yoku Islands and Messenger, because they're both on Switch. Um, Well, cool. Now, multiplayer game was Fortnite. Destiny, Black Ops 4, Monster Hunter World, and Sea of Thieves were nominated. Mac, what is it going to take for us to get you into a multiplayer game, man? Um, uh, Couch Co-op. Couch Which, as, as a brief aside, you might remember a long time ago, I uh, there was a Kickstarter for a game called Sundered, and, yes, and and they actually did a couch co-op update to Sundered. Which uh, I'm kind of looking forward to giving a shot. So just uh, fly out here to Utah, and uh, and we'll do it together. Dude, that sounds fantastic. That sounds like an awesome time. Yeah, I think it would be. Fantastic. Yeah, we need, you know what? There need to be more couch co-op games. Um, they just don't really do it the way they used to. It's disappointing. The internet ruins it. So, well, cool. Uh, you know, that's really what I had about the uh, the gaming news for the week. I say we keep things moving, Mac. Over to you, buddy. Absolutely. So as you guys know, now that we've taken a look at some of the gaming news, the stuff that's going on around us right now, we like to take a quick look into the past, see some things that, uh, you know, maybe have helped us get to where we are, or maybe are just impactful. And I want to start with the most re- two most recent ones. Um, so this one, first one is impactful to me, uh, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. Uh, released in 2009 for the Nintendo DS. Uh, this actually is a game that was given to me by a co-worker. Uh, they were like, hey, I had this game. Uh, you know, I, I think it was actually a re-gifting, as a matter of fact, because they weren't a big fan of the Zelda franchise, but they knew that I had, you know, that I liked older style games they're like yeah it's not my thing so here you go uh which i was quite grateful for except for one little problem i did not actually have a nintendo ds um so a friend of mine lent me his and uh and yeah i played it and and so uh for my particular uh for my part uh legend of zelda spirit tracks was my entire really was my entire experience with the uh with the nintendo ds um and uh while maybe sure that's not so much historically impactful it was 
an enjoyable game for me. And, you know, it was... Because I still don't really have a DS, but the thing of it is, I had never seen the value in the console or in the portable, you know, uh, being able to use the touchscreen for this, do that. But yet, uh, you know, Spirit Tracks convinced me that there were things that you could do with that touchscreen. There were ways you could take advantage of a second screen that I really hadn't considered. And as weird as it'll sound, uh, kind of made me a little more open to the idea of different methods of playing with games. Thanks to the, you know, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, I kind of thought, hey, maybe there's something to doing games on a touchscreen. I uh, will say that I've somewhat backpedaled that, uh, <laughs> backpedaled that a, a little bit, but, uh, you know, hey, that's, that's just me. Uh, on the subject of mobile games, though, uh, 2009 also saw the release of Angry Birds for iOS. Um, yes, Angry who Birds. Knew? Who knew? A, a game that most of us have tried desperately to forget and uh, that has seen less and less relevance um, and jumped the shark at least a few years before they made a movie about it. I was going to so. say, the movie's popping, man. The movie's actually pretty dang good. Is uh, it? There's, well, there's like some comedian voice actors and things like that, so the, the kids like it. I watched it. I thought it was not a bad movie. Well, I mean, let's not forget the original Lion King had Rowan Atkinson, a famous comedian as Zazu, and the new CG one, which maybe I shouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole, but is going to be... Which, by the way, it, it's not okay to call something live action if literally everything in it is CG. It's CG, yeah, it's kind of it, it's, it, it's not a live action. That makes it a CG. But but anyway, uh, but that's going to be done by John Oliver. Zazu's going to be... Yeah, so, I'm pretty sure I mean, Childish Gambino, Dan, a.k.a. Donald Glover, is going to be Simba, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, as long as there are no follow-up questions, my answer is yes. Yeah, there's no follow-up questions. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, anyway. Donald Glover, just so you know, Mac, Donald Glover. Yeah, Childish Gambino. Also on Community, Troy on Community. Yes, Troy, Troy and Abed in the morning. That's right. Nice. Anyway, moving on. I apologize for the segue. <laughs> No worries, no worries. Uh, so, in 1995, we saw the release of Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness. And Warcraft 2 was, that was the game, the game for uh, for uh, for playing, you know. Uh, I, I want to say it, it it was kind of the, the first game that, uh, that I really experienced LAN games with where we got several computers. Yep. For those of you who don't know, a LAN local area network, we got several computers together on the same network. We got ourselves a router. We plugged that stuff in and we played. Uh, we played special maps. We played versus. We played uh, cooperatively against the computers. It was fantastic. In a lot of ways, I feel like what we think of as uh as online gaming for me really started in uh warcraft 2 so a special place in my heart for that um let's not forget it was also my early introduction to the cracking and hacking of video games as obviously we did not have enough legitimately purchased copies to go around so uh yeah i'll just leave that there and then, uh, and then in 1993 for the PC, we saw the release of Doom. Doom, a fantastic first-person shooter. 
um, which interestingly enough uh, saw, I, I believe there's a release of some new levels by one of the original co-creators that was uh, done last week or so. So that's uh, definitely cool. But, uh, but yeah, that's just a little bit of gaming history. These were games released in years past this week that, uh, you know, made an impact at the very least for me. Uh, back to you, Mr. Nice Guy. Sweet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for our topic of the week, a segment where we talk about something that's relevant in gaming today and give our thoughts on it. Now, Mac, I feel like this one's an interesting one because it's not one that really warrants that much commentary or opinion. This is really just kind of a feel-good story uh, that I saw, and I thought it was worth sharing. So I'm just going to read a little bit of it, and if you feel like you want to chime in or give some thoughts, you can let me know. Uh, so here it is. This is on CNBC. Uh, and I'll just read the headline so we know what we're talking about. It says, This 27-year-old built the world's first gaming robot, and now he's partnered with Apple and Amazon. It says, Silas Adekunle was born in Nigeria and moved to the UK at about 11 years old. He spent much of his childhood obsessed with science and technology, playing with Lego robot kits, and watching YouTube videos to get ideas for simple robots he could build himself at home. Now 27, Adekunle is the CEO and founder of a robotics company that he says raised $10 million in funding. He also built what he calls the world's first gaming robot, which impressed Apple executives enough that in 2000, excuse me, in 2017, the tech giant signed an exclusive distribution deal with Adekunle's UK-based company, Reach Robotics. Apple now sells the robots at $250 a pop. Uh, it says Adekunle still remembers the first time he built his own robot. Quote, if you could even call it a robot, he tells CNBC Make It. He was only about nine years old, still living in his hometown of Lagos, Nigeria. And I'm not going to go too much into what the first robot was, uh, but the article says, now armed with a bachelor's degree in robotics from the University of West England, Adekunle is focused much more on a much more advanced robot creation called Mechamon. Reach Robotics describes it as a battle bot that uses augmented reality technology to allow gamers and robot robotics enthusiasts alike to play around with the device both in the real and virtual world. And it looks like you can just control it. In fact, it confirms you can control it from a smartphone or tablet. They're compatible with iOS and Android. And it'll make this four-legged robot walk around and, and do what you want. So, Mac, this is just a cool story, man. Um, wait, wait, when we say gaming robot, are we talking about that cute little Cosmo? Is that the thing? Uh, I believe so. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. I'm with you. Yeah, they're about 250 bucks, And then, you know, there's these battle bots. And I'm looking at it, and it looks like it can like. So let me let me put it like this. You look at your computer screen, and it shows your robot, and it also adds like a health bar, right? Because you're looking at the tablet. Mm -hmm. It allows you to take turns attacking each other. It shows how many bullet quote unquote bullets you have, um, and it it like does sound effects and shows little lasers shooting out as you watch on your tablet. So. I think this is cool, man. Um, anytime I read a story like this about someone innovating, you know, someone who, you know, just said, you know what, I'm just going to use YouTube and I'm going to use Legos and I'm going to learn how to do these things and I'm going to self-teach myself to, to live my dream. Uh, it's just a cool story, man. So I apologize for not having something that's a little bit more commentary heavy, but I read this and I was just fascinated by it. So... Uh, yeah, Mac, I don't know if you have any thoughts. If not, it's totally cool. 
I probably should have linked you the article in advance. No worries. It totally sounds cool. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I mentioned Cosmo, but I don't know if this is the same people. I am looking for the moment at the Mechamon, you know, uh, at the Mo Mechamon stuff, and it does look pretty cool. Um, although I've got to say, I don't think, I don't think that the Mechamon M E K A M O N would really be for me personally. I don't know as that would be something that would appeal, at, at least like I said to me personally, but I can definitely see the sort of pseudo battle bot trying to get a battle without actually doing damage to your bot, and, and how that would be fun yeah, and cool. That's the thing is like you don't have to actually rebuild it every time because um, mm. someone took a saw and, and their robot had saws on its hand and sawed through your robot that you spent a thousand dollars on. So very cool story. Uh, we'll keep it short and sweet. That has been our topic of the week. Congrats to this guy. Mac, back over to you. Mm -hmm. Well, as you guys know, uh, each week we like to take a look at a game that is currently in development. And thankfully, because of things like, uh, you know, uh, things like crowds, the crowdfunding sites like uh, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and the like, um, we get to do a lot more talking about these things in a much less speculative way. That being said, let's prepare to get speculative by putting one of these out here. We'll post a link in the chat, and we'd be interested to see what you think, whether or not this should be kick-started or whether it should be kicked out of here. So that's the important bit, kick or kick-start. So uh, the link has been posted. All of you who would like to take a look are more than welcome to. Those of you who can't, let me give you a little bit of insight into miscreation. So for starters, if you're familiar with the Super Nintendo game Evo, um, this is quite similar. As a matter of fact, they do cite Evo as an inspiration, or, or I should say Evo, the search for Eden. That was the full name of the game. Um, in this game, much like Evo, you start out as a very not powerful little what have you. Uh, you go around and you eat other animals, and in doing so, you gain whatever currency is needed for leveling up and increasing, you know, uh, things about yourself, like whether or not that's adding things like uh, legs that allow you to jump higher or, you know, jaws that have you deal more damage when you attack other creatures. Or even uh, wings, I know, is something that's, uh, that's definitely teased about that. Um, you basically interact with these, uh, with these three different goddesses, or I think they call, I'm pretty sure they call them Norns, and they help you uh, teleport around and level up in these different areas. Uh, you fight bosses, and you kind of pick which sort, much in the same way as, uh, as what's it calls it, um, as Evo, uh, you do pick how exactly you're going to evolve your, uh, your character. Um, it is kind, it does have kind of a charming style. It, it's similar in some ways, uh, reminds me of something called So Many Me, which was a game uh, I saw quite a few years ago. But uh, but anyway, uh, very cute. In order to make this game, it's a side-scrolling uh, platformer. They're looking for five grand. 
Um, so far, they're at uh, a little less than $400, but they still have about 25 days left to go before their funding goal is uh, needs to be met. Um, if you're just looking to get a copy of the game, uh, it's $10. They think they'll have that ready in time for May of 2019. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but as you know, I'm always a touch skeptical about release dates. Uh, but um, what they do have for, they have a bunch of you know different rewards, a create a creature thing at $100, um, which is very tempting. Currently, they are releasing for the platforms uh, for Steam, um, and uh, good old games. So, you know, you'd be looking Windows, Macs, uh, probably a release on Linux. Uh, they did say that they are eyeing trying to release on Nintendo Switch, but that's going to have to be a, uh, a stretch goal if they're able to, you know, uh, be funded enough because apparently building for that is kind of difficult or licensing for that costs a lot more than the other platforms. But, uh, but yeah. Oh, and Mr. Nice Guy, you know me. Yeah, I have I have a a must have. There is a it, it's got to happen or else I'm not even really considering it. What's and that, that is a playable demo, sir. Ah, and that's right. I am delighted to say that this has a playable demo. Nice, and uh, it 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 plays well. It's nice. I like it. Takes a little bit of getting used to, but uh, but yeah, I enjoy it. And that all being said, I like it. I would have to say kickstart. I think it's something that I would enjoy playing a full-on game of. You know what I need to do, Mac? I, I've realized yeah. this just now. I think that if there's a demo, I need to play the demo before we do this segment. Because I feel like you know how good the game plays based on playing the demo, and I just look at the Kickstarter and say, here's what I see wrong with it. But I haven't actually played it. You know what I mean? But hey, go ahead. Give us what you think's wrong with it. Well, uh, you know, it just seems boring, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. The little video clips that they have just show these little creatures jumping. Um, there's one that shows them evolving, but it doesn't really show what else you can do in the mm -hmm. game. So it just seemed too simplistic for me. Now, for $10, fine. You know, I'm not I'm not really going to fault them too much because you get a copy of the game for $10. Bucks. Um, but once again... $5,000 is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of money. But it's not so much money that you couldn't save up for it. You know, if, if you're in that situation where you need, you know, that kind of cash to finish your project, you can, you know, not eat out for lunch every day. Or you, I mean, you can, you can do different things to save up. And maybe this is the finance guy in me. But I, I guess I've never understood having a Kickstarter for $5,000. Because while it is a lot of money, maybe exa exactly, and that's the point I'm trying to make, mm -hmm. is to crowdfund something. I feel like you should need a lot more money than than that amount. Is my opinion, and it makes mm -hmm. me wonder if they've really looked at how much it's going to cost to make it, or if they just said, "Hey, we, we could probably do it for five thousand bucks." And this, everybody, is one of the great strengths of Mr. Nice Guy and I not really discussing and sometimes not doing things beforehand. We both come to the table with different things that, I mean, you know, finance is not something that I am as good at as he is. And look at him bringing up all these awesome things. I'd never considered that, but that's a really good point. I mean, you know, where does that number come from? 
And uh, in some cases, when I hear, you know, like with other Kickstarters we've seen, things like when it says like $25,000, you're right. That does sound more like somebody actually spent down time, you know, spent time crunching numbers. Right. Whereas this one seems small enough that it's like, where does that even come from? How did you come up with this? Do you even know? Hmm. Yeah, and I, so I like when I see a Kickstarter and it shows the breakdown of, hey, this is what we're going to need for licensing. This is what mm -hmm. we're going to need to pay our staff. Here are the taxes and the legal fees. Because you don't just get to do a Kickstarter and keep all the money. You know, you have to pay taxes on it. Um, there are legal fees. There's licensing. That alone, you know, is going to cost more than $5,000, I think. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if they've planned well. And so that's why I uh, kind of don't, don't lean towards this one. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Mr. Nice Guy, I think you should give it a try. At least, you know, uh, the, the demo, download the demo, give it a play and see what you think after that. But uh, but very good points. I uh, personally, I am not dissuaded as pro as, uh, you know, uh, provocative of your ideas and as well put as they are. I think I'm still going to have to say kickstart, although, to your credit, I'm a lot more hesitant in my saying kickstart than I was uh, than I was a couple minutes ago. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to say kick it, and, and with all Kickstarters, I hope that they succeed. Uh, I know what it's like to put yourself out there and to try to do something and have it not go well, you know, to try to do a project and have it not go well. So I hope that every Kickstarter that we see on this show succeeds even if i don't think that it's something i'm interested in so my vote is to kick this one all right and there you have it uh we also have some people saying kick and some other people saying kick start looks like we're fairly evenly divided among our live chatters as well but uh, with that being said that's our segment and uh back over to you mr nice guy for what will undoubtedly be the greatest segment of the night Nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the Dummy of the Week. Week, week, week. A segment of the show where we typically talk about someone who did something stupid, idiotic, or downright dumb and make fun of them. Now, Mac, earlier today we had a feel-good story uh, for our topic of the week about the gentleman who was uh, making the robots, the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I switched it up again, man. I called an audible. I threw you a curveball to use some of those sports analogies that you love. Uh, and Indeed, I, kick it through the uprights for a field goal. That's exactly right. And I, uh, I you know, this story was just interesting to me. Um, in a time where there's so much contention in the world. In a time when there's so much contention in the world. Yeah, I thought that this story was kind of cool. So um, this is on Game Informer, and I'm just going to read the article. It's, it's kind of cool. Once again, not super commentary heavy, but Mac, you can give your thoughts. Uh, it says, it happens to everyone, even the most cautious gamer. You're playing a game with friends and things get a little too loud. When it happened to Javante A. Williams and his friends during a game of Super Smash Brothers, the cops got involved and showed up at the door alongside Williams. The officers were responding to a noise complaint from nearby neighbors, but stuck around to join the fight. Fantastic. After the cops confirmed that they're that there were didn't seem to be an ex this is written poorly to be an excessive amount of noise they were getting ready to leave before they inquired to Williams what they were playing I'm like y'all want to play smash William told Yahoo lifestyle and two of them literally raised their hand and walked up they're like how do you jump they were acting one of them was playing Pikachu I don't understand how this is written um, 
he noted that they seem to actually be pretty experienced in the game. Oh, okay. So the cops, I get it. The cops were pretending like they didn't know how to play Smash when really they did. Uh, it goes on to say, when the officers first arrived at the scene, Williams was pretty concerned. Quote, of course you'd bring more cops, he thought, when he first arrived. It was concerning. You see so many videos of terrible results. I'm not trying to end up in jail or hurt or have my friends harmed or start a commotion. But you know what? I heard the police asking, what's Smash Brothers? Instead of something negative. It was something wholesome. Uh, this is a really cool story. Uh, to summarize, they, these guys were playing Smash Brothers. Obviously, they were, were having a good time. It was loud. Uh, Mac, Couch Co-op, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, and, you know, the police were called. Instead of, you know, being defensive or anything, which I'm not saying that in these type of situations that people are defensive, there's obviously mm -hmm. a lot of different scenarios that happen, and we'll leave it at that. But in this particular scenario... Uh, you know, it ended up in, in a bunch of people gaming together. Mac, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, or or what, do you, what do you think? You know, so this is one of those things that I wish... Uh, you know, you're talk we talk a lot about couch co-op, and couch co-op is fantastic. And this is one of those situations where I feel like that's something that we gain and also lose because of the you know, because of, of gaming on the internet. On the one hand, I've made some fantastic friends in different areas of the globe. Uh, Terry from Israel, uh, Richard from uh, uh, from Australia, George from over there in Denmark, that I would never have met otherwise, but our common love of gaming, you know, has kind of brought us together. Also, at the same time, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like couch co-op, and, and this this sort of thing helps to bring smaller communities together as well. And I love hearing stories about people connecting through video games. Um, you know, most of the time these days I hear it and have experienced it, you know, farther abroad, farther afield. And I feel like, I, I feel like stories like this, they make me feel good, but they make me yearn for a time where we did more gaming, you know, in our inside of our local communities as well. If that makes it, it so it makes me happy, but also makes me a little sad. Yeah. So I remember with Super Smash. Thank you for that comment. I remember with Super Smash Brothers Melee. I've told you guys before about tournaments and stuff that my brother and I went to, but there was also this group in Seattle, and I think they were called the Sky Pals. Hmm. I'm gonna Google okay. it. Someone, if anyone's in the chat wants to Google that, like Sky Pals Seattle, and see if I'm right. Uh, that's, that's cool. But anyway, bottom line is my brother said, Hey, why don't we go one weekend? I think I was like home from college. Uh, and I think he was still in high school or he was about to graduate. He was a senior. He said, why don't we go play smash brothers with the sky pals? And I was like, who are the sky pals? He said, they're this group of smashers. They play competitive. They have these get togethers at their place. Uh, and I thought that's really kind of weird. Um, I don't know if I want to go play these games with people who are just complete strangers, but the way my brother had found them is because there's there's boards or there used to be boards called smash boards and it was like a meetup board where you could say hey i like to play smash i live in such and such place let's get together in a public place or whatever and let's play smash so that's how we found it so we go to the sky pals and it was a blast these people were amazing at smash brothers it was a totally safe environment really laid back uh, and it was just cool. And so I'm with you. There's not enough of that happening in the gaming communities. There are, in our local communities, I should say, there are still similar boards like Destiny LFG 
where you can find people to play with online, not in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I miss those days. I wish that they'd come back. Now here's here's a question, Mac. As far as you know, a noise complaint, you know, being filed by the neighbor, and then the police showing up and them inviting the police into play. You know, regardless of any opinions of of law enforcement or anything, general just general, would you invite a stranger in to your home to game with you? Would you would you feel comfortable doing that? You know, into my home, maybe so, maybe no. However, back in the day, Mister Nice Guy, you remember when I uh, uh, when I used to work at a hotel? Yeah. And at that hotel, there were uh, there were meeting rooms. And one thing we did is we played this game called Artemis Spaceship Bridge Simulator. And I, uh, you know, and I invited, you know, some people that I knew. And I was just like, and hey, if you know, I told everybody, if you know anybody who might be interested, invite them along. And we had a considerable number of people come and play. And, uh, you know, and, and it was really fun. So... I would be a little bit hesitant about inviting people that I had never met before into my home, but I've, you know, made some acquaintances. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to jump straight to the to the F word to the friends, but uh, but I've made some uh, definitely made some acquaintances just three four times removed uh, in a basically open invitational game thing that we did at the hotel where I worked where we just booked out the meeting rooms for a for an evening and and just played and had a heck of a good time so I mean I think the biggest concern I would have mostly for inviting random people into my house maybe not so much but partially just because my house place is kind of (laughs) small yeah so I don't know man my my thing is (laughs) I, I think this is very cool that this happened. Um, if I was having a party, and sometimes I actually do have gaming parties, I don't know if I'd invite strangers in. Um, well, you know what? We'll leave it at that. The bottom line is that this is a very good story, uh, and I think it's very cool that we can see how video games can bring people together and help them find common ground, even in what could have potentially been a tense situation. That has been our what's typically called our Dummy of the Week. Mac, back over to you. Thank you, Mr. Nice Guy, for our feel-good of the week. And now we'll turn to our last official segment of the show, which I like to call Legalese. Legalese. So in Legalese, we like to take a look at some of the lawsuits or threatened lawsuits that are going on around us, or sometimes the historical ones. Often, um, as many of you know, in law, very often what you're dealing with is precedent. And so it's important to kind of be aware of the lawsuits that are going on and potentially what precedents they might set. The game, the, uh, you know, the sort of, shall we say, landscape of video games has been set by the lawsuits that have come before. And there are many that too many yet to come that could shape things for the future. Now, this one uh, doesn't have so much of a uh, of a shaping effect, but it is certainly interesting. It deals with Fortnite and with dancing. So there happens to be a uh, <clears throat> there happens to be a rapper. His name is Two Millie, and uh, as you know, Mister Nice Guy, I am very very hip 
to what is going on in rap circles these days. Mac knows so, what's up. That's right. So to Millie, I mean, he is uh, my chum and my bosom companion. And uh, and so I know all about this guy, which I really don't. But uh, but to Millie is a uh, is a rapper, and his his claim is that in 2011 he came up with a uh, with a dance. Um, and in 2015, I do believe he released a song called Millie Rock, wherein he performed the dance and it really caught on. Uh, the dance is known as Swipe It. And in Fortnite, the game, you can actually buy that dance uh, for your characters as a sort of victory or idol animation if, if you want. You know, people use the dances in the course of the game. So here's where it gets interesting. So uh, the you know so the rapper uh, claims that the game both steals his creation in the form of the dance moves, um, and as a result appropriates his likeness, uh, which is definitely a little bit of a stretch. Now he has request a judge to order that the game stop using the dance for one and that he's going to sue for damages to be, you know, determined later at a, you know, later date in court. So here's the interesting thing about, you know, all of this. Basically, um, the you might have, say, a potential copyright claim on something like this if the dance is, say, a signature move that was identified to you and that that made people think that you endorsed the game right sure that's that's a situation in which you could uh you could make a copyright claim um or a right of publicity claim these are you know two different ways you know two different terms for these sorts of things um that you could make to get somebody to stop using your thing so if mr nice guy if you happened to have a a, a symbol that was well known it was yours and that people were putting it on their game and others might mistake that as your say seal of approval for example of right. a video game right you could say hey you got to stop that now this gets a lot more difficult because it is reasonable to assume that uh, because the Swipe It, as it's known, dance became popular in 2015, and I think most of us would probably identify it with Fortnite rather than with him, it would be difficult for him to make that sort of, uh, that sort of acclaim. As we know from our having discussing video games before, video games are a protected, are a fully protected form of speech. You know, up there with books, with motion pictures, and you know things like that. That being said, uh, it's very likely that this will not go to Millie's way, and that instead it will be protected as a fair use of a dance that is likely already understood and known by people on the interwebs whoever those people might be. Uh, but that's a little bit. Now, of course, keep in mind, I am no lawyer. I just, uh, you know, have a little, just a little bit of knowledge, enough to get in trouble with. But I can say that I don't see this going well for two Millie. Unfortunately, the connection is too tenuous. Um, uh, one thing that might work, for example, a situation where this could work, is do you remember that? Uh, do you remember that guy? I think his name was Matt, and he would dance in all these different locations in the world, and I he do. had a. Uh, 
I don't, don't I don't remember him, no. Uh, he had this kind of signature dance move where his legs were always running and he would bring, uh, you know, he would bring one fist up and he, like, the right arm up and he'd bring the left arm fist to his, uh, uh, the left arm fist to his right arm's elbow as he kind of did this sort of running in place dance. I do not remember this, but I'm Googling. No? Okay, I'm well, Googling then... <laughs> but uh, but boy, point being is that it's one of those where that's a situation where the uh, where the dance move is so very identified and pinned to that one person that this might work. But I believe that the dance move itself, in spite of him having say invented the dance move, um, is so far divorced from the individual that I doubt he'd be able to win this. But hey, that's just me. Uh, somebody who only plays lawyer on a podcast, giving his uh, giving his little opinion on it. So there's your little nugget of legalese. If you want to make a claim that somebody is stealing your stuff, you gotta be able to pin it to you and not to anywhere or anyone else. So yeah, and that's what I had for legalese today. That is interesting. I do think the fact that they're potentially using his likeness. Is crossing and, the line. Yeah, that's definitely a thing where I mean, I read that and it's just like, and it's you appropriates my likeness, and I just guffawed because I was like, seriously, man. I mean, you know, if they were using your tattoos, I, I mean, NBA 2K, yes, I can see that appropriating people's likenesses. That's a real thing because it is their likeness. But the dance, I mean, that's kind of like saying if you were to do the, if you were to, ooh, the moonwalk great example but if you were to do the thriller that you were appropriating michael jackson's likeness that's a valid point yeah which i mean unfortunately even with as as tied to michael jackson as the thriller is it would be very hard you would be very hard pressed to sue someone for appropriating michael jackson's likeness for doing the thriller dance yeah you know turk from scrubs donald Faison actually um, his his dance, one of the dances he did on the show, is in Fortnite, and there recently oh, really? was a Scrubs panel. I don't know if you watched Scrubs, Mac. Uh, I've watched a few episodes. Yeah, so there was there was uh, one where he did this dance to the song Poison, and he improvised the dance. Uh, and I, I don't know where I read this, but he made it up on the spot because he was mm-hmm. late, late to the set. And someone actually at a panel said, "Hey, can you do the dance?" Because there was like a little Scrubs mini reunion. He said, I'm not going to do that. Go play Fortnite. You can see it there. So uh-huh. I don't think that there are any shortage of people who are irritated that Fortnite has has taken, you know, things that they created but didn't copyright or trademark and is using them. But Fortnite's still a beast, so I'm sure they'll be okay. Well, yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be all right. But yeah, that's Legalese. Sweet. So I guess Mr. Nice Guy... Now that the show's done, it's time for us to talk about what we've been watching and what we've been playing. And as you guys all know, we're always on the lookout for more nerdy content, more nerdy games to play, more nerdy things to watch. And Mr. Nice Guy, what have you been watching and playing? Dude, so I've been playing that Dead Cells, man. It's uh, The Switch is such a beautiful console because I can take my Switch with me places. And when I have 15 minutes of downtime, I can play a game of Dead Cells. And if I'm still alive, I can pause it. I can, you know put the system into rest mode and, and then pop back in later so i've been playing a lot of that um uh picked up uh, call of duty black ops 4 been getting into that a little bit mm-hmm. uh pub 
And what else? I got a bunch of games on Black Friday, but that's most of what I've been into. Still playing Park and NBA 2K. Uh, but yeah, that's it. And as far as what I've been watching, uh, Christmas movies, Mac. I'm mm. all about those Christmas movies. Let's talk about this. Maybe we should talk about favorite Christmas movies next stream. What do you think? Ooh, yeah, I think so. Let's do it next stream so we can actually think about it in advance. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. How about you? Well, uh, for my part, as for what I've been watching uh, or what I've been playing, not too much. Uh, but I will be doing some. I will be doing some more playing as my schedule continues to open up as the month proceeds. Yep. Uh, as to what I've been watching, though, uh, Mrs. The Mac and I, we have. Uh, uh, we've got some series that we're working through, and perhaps my favorite one of them all is definitely. The Good Place. I've heard Have good you, stuff. But you haven't viewed yourself? No, it's on Netflix, right? It is. The first two seasons. Yeah, no, someone uh, else literally told me that that's a really funny show. Oh, it's fantastic. As a matter of fact, I I mean, I don't want to oversell it, but I feel like it's, it's a sitcom, uh, obviously, because the comedy comes from the situation. That's, that's sure. the situation, end of sitcom. Comedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, it is, I feel like, a very fresh, a very fresh take on the sitcom formula. Um, it doesn't talk down to you at all, and there's a component of it where you do fairly regularly get a, um, uh, you get more or less a, a lesson on moral philosophy in it. But uh, so there is an interaction between two of the characters and one of them um, is is slash was a moral philosophy professor okay and the main character you know has questions about moral philosophy and things like that so they regularly talk about it but you never feel talked down to and there's some really good episodes on these various things about moral philosophy it's just i know i'm not selling it very well you just until you watch it you'll have to take my word for it it's really freaking delightful dude i trust your judgment i mean you took my advice on several shows so i'm gonna have to give it a shot what's your rule the three episode rule uh, pilot plus three. You've got to watch the pilot so that you know you've got context. And then you rely, especially on a series like, let's say, Doctor Who, where there are tons of episodes, you let people give you their top three. And then you watch those. And if you need, like, additional context, you watch, you know, you take that pilot, whatever additional context you might need, plus the three best to give you, you know, to give you a flavor. And I will say this, I know a lot of people have had difficulty getting into the good place. So uh, kind of stick it through till at least episode four. Um, and that's when you really start getting into things. But if you stop before the season one finale, then you've done yourself a terrible disservice. But hey, that's just my take. Nice. So yeah, cool. uh, but that's pretty much it for what I've been watching and what I've been playing. Fan freaking tastic! Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning into episode number eighty-four of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Uh, we'll be back next week here on Twitch.tv backslash Two Nerds in a Pod at nine p.m. Central Standard, eight p.m. Mountain. Same bat place, same bat time, same bat rhymes. Deuces. See you next week. Keep it nerdy. Love you.